Nita Valens coming up next in Intervision with a very special guest who we love and we're so happy he's here, Michael Benner. It's going to be fantastic. Stay tuned, everybody. What is emotional intelligence? Are you able to manage your stress? What are the spiritual principles that can help you in your life? Welcome to Intervision. I'm your host, Nita Valens, and I am so excited to have in studio with me a former KPFK host, a teacher, a broadcaster of many years, all over the dial, and Michael Benner. Welcome. Hello, Nita. Nice to be with you. It's lovely to have you. Well, you're a special guest today, and you bring special things that we'll get to later because it is Pledge Drive after all. Right. But before we get to that, it's been so long since we had a chat because you've been over on the islands enjoying life and uh, probably working your butt off. But <laughs> That too. Yeah, you're nodding your head, yes. So I want to have a conversation so we can get back into the conversation we used to have about spirituality, emotional intelligence, spiritual principles, stress reduction, the human potential movement, self-growth. All that good stuff. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and we only have an hour for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll have a little bit of focus. What we want to talk about is how we can help our listeners in the places where they get stuck or where they feel they're not progressing or growing. And we both feel that we're all here on the planet to grow up, so to speak. So what what does that mean? what, What can we do to help people? Well, there's a lot of things that we can do, beginning with managing stress. We live in a pretty crazy world, and stress is often described as trying to control what you cannot control. You know, any change or demand that's put upon you causes you to gather up muscular tension. And the more stimulated and then overstimulated we get, the more confused we become. The more the brain is likely to see that as danger and trigger absolutely the wrong responses. We go into fight or flight, and we lose higher brain functions. We lose our sensitivity. We lose our compassion. We lose access to wisdom to prepare to fight the danger. But there's nothing to fight. And if you run, you take it with you because it's you. (laughs) It's, It's all internal. So we need to learn first and foremostly, I think, to substitute a kind of a relaxation response. There's dozens of them, but to substitute a relaxation response for the fight-or-flight response, and then those higher brain functions and your emotional sensitivity and even spiritual awareness all comes back online, becomes available to you. And when we know that we're going into that place where our head might be saying, no, no, don't, don't react that way, don't get angry, don't yell, don't, but we can't help it anyway. It's because the brain, the amygdala, um, the primitive part of the brain, has in a sense been hijacked. So what do we need to put in place so that when, because we are, anger is a human emotion. So the anger is going to come, the sadness, all the different feelings that play through us, they are going to come. We cannot stop the feelings. 
Uh, well, we can, but that's a whole other, you know, conversation like, uh, you know, how to zone out and avoid reality. But that's really not our focus no. or our purpose here. We want here. to move into it to be more effective agents for change and reform in the world. So. Yes. So we want to help ourselves, help our communities, and which helps the world at large. So what do you have in place when you talk to your clients, for example, that helps people manage that hijack, so to speak? That's a perfect way of describing it, the amygdala hijack. That's exactly what happens. And again, it's important for people to understand that from the brain's point of view, the amygdala, or we could say the subconscious mind, it cannot distinguish between confusion, anxiety, stress, and real clear and present danger. So how do we substitute that relaxation response? Number one, it takes practice. It takes an intention. It takes awareness, which is a part of a upward spiral. It's a cycle of becoming more aware as you manage stress and anxiety, which allows you to radically reduce the amount of time it takes you to recover and go from feeling like a victim, like life is done to me, it's coming at me, might as well have a bullseye on my body, right? Two, wait a minute, I may not be able to control what's coming at me, but I can choose, I do have control in how I look at it and, and in the responses that I initiate, what I do with it. Now I turn it around from life's coming at me to, wait a minute, life's coming out of me. And both things are true, but the latter becomes the primary. So then I can learn some tools and some skills yep. to slow down the movie in my head because my thoughts are escalating what's going on. Because if I'm, as you say, that victim mentality, if I'm buying into that, oh, one more thing, I right. can't believe... One more thing. Why me? Why me? And all those kinds of things that we say in our head, it's like there's a committee that's going off and saying all this stuff, and it's not useful. It's actually escalating because chemicals are cascading through the body, so we're actually escalating if, if we pay attention to those voices in our head escalating us as opposed to plugging in some tools that we can manage it starts with the breath, believe it or not. I know you know that, and I know a lot of our listeners know that. Oh, but say more about that. Oh, it's so amazing, though, that breath. I mean, it's so handy. It's so available. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, what better way to bring yourself into the present moment? You cannot breathe in the past. You will be breathing in the future, but each breath you take is right here, right now. So... To use the breath, first of all, as a point of awareness to bring you into reality, to wake you to the present moment. Because if you're not here, if you're thinking about past regrets and resentments or worried about the future and all of these what-if scenarios like life is one big Excel spreadsheet, you're missing your life. Your whole life is streaming by you and you're not paying attention. You're busy managing things you have no control over, your memories and your fantasies about the future. So that's the first thing the breath does. The second thing is Especially when you focus on a letting go feeling in the body as you exhale, 
the brain goes, oh, wait a minute, maybe this is just confusion. Maybe it's not real danger. In fact, look, he's closing his eyes as well as breathing slow, deep breaths and releasing muscular tension. Those are three messages to the brain, the amygdala, the subconscious, that, yeah, I may be stressed, I may be overstimulated, I may feel like a victim from time to time, but I really am safe. And now your awareness expands. You become more intelligent, your memory improves, you are able to see big concepts in addition to only the little details of things. You become more sensitive to your feelings, more intuitive. You recall those wisdoms, those mistakes in the past that you learned from. Yet one thing that I really value in the area of emotional intelligence is seeing your emotions coming a mile away. Mm. Right. Instead of all of a sudden realizing you're angry, many people are angry. They don't even know it. They'll deny it. I am not angry. As they're said. screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really? Be, why are you yelling? And I had to cover my ears and I could still hear you. There's a reason. Oh, and I'm 30 that. feet away. <laughs> <laughs> right. But to be able to see it coming a mile away and to have the awareness. This is not intelligence. This is awareness. To say, you know, this is starting to really upset me, right? Mm -hmm. I think I'll take a breath, relax, and now we get into the field of mindfulness. To detach and take a step back, look at the bigger picture, ask myself, what does this remind me of? When, When were some other times that I felt this way? And what was that really about? And then take responsibility for it. Now, when we talk about personal responsibility, we got to be careful because this phrase has been hijacked by the right-wing think tanks. They've turned it big in, time. Yeah, they've turned it into this right-wing meme about everybody's on their own and there's no merit in helping each other, and they steal our language. Oh, and <laughs> you know, there are these NLP guys that have gone to the dark side, like Frank Luntz, for example. And there's a bunch of them over there that are feeding these, I mean, the job creators. They must be pay, being paid big bucks. They're paid very large dollars. But 30 years of trickle-down economics, you're not going to create jobs to build products or provide services if there is no demand. <laughs> Minor detail. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. A third grader can understand it, but for 30 years, Americans have bought into this. And then all of a sudden, capitalists were called job creators, right? Bizarre. So personal responsibility is like that. And we need to talk about empowering ourselves by having the choice of how we respond. And the ability to choose your response is responsibility. I don't care what Frank Luntz or the right wing says about responsibility being a conservative meme. There's nothing more progressive than to own your life and say, this is mine and I'll do with it what I want. And and I choose to work for the greater good because myself is not a separated self. I choose to work in harmony toward a more unitive life. I see my self-interest as inextricably linked to justice and the greater good for all concerned. With me is Michael Benner. And if I could just uh, have a moment of nostalgia, if you could just indulge me while I remember back um, about uh, maybe 14, 15 years ago when Michael and I were late at night, 11 to midnight. I was on Wednesday nights and Michael was on Thursday nights. And we were in this 
strip together called Inner Vision. I kept the name when I brought the show to daytime, and then and uh, so did you. And then you ran off to Hawaii for a while with Doreen and did some work over there. And now you're back here, and I'm so excited to have you on the air. And so uh, I just want to ask just one little itty-bitty personal question. Are you going to live in L.A. for a while? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, we have family here, and we have many, many friends. And frankly, the restaurants are better. (laughs) (laughs) There's better music, more concerts. Uh, I mean, the very energy that chased me out of town to Hawaii is a vitality that I now want more of. And everything's perfect. I mean, those five years, that hiatus uh, was a time for us to review and renew. That's really what I call it. It was a kind of a working vacation. And wow, it was just incredible. And my exposure to that culture We have to talk about the aloha spirit someday because that's very real. And it's being slowly eroded and destroyed as the islands become Americanized or Hawaii influenced. The American spirit is not the Hawaiian spirit. Oh, that's too bad. It's tragic. And um, talk about injustices. And that's an occupied nation, Hawaii. But I really enjoyed and benefited greatly from my exposure to that culture, to the music, to the traditions, to the way people treat each other. I mean, there's a few jerks wherever you go, you know, there's always some people who are having bad days. But by and large, it was an I learned some slack key guitar, played guitar all my life. I always wanted to learn slack (laughs) key, learned a little ukulele and, uh, had a wonderful time, but now it's time to be back to teach what I've learned, what I put together over there, a new training. I have a brand new training called The Five Talents. I'm still doing my mystery school webinars, and of course, we're, we've begun private counseling to doing that work, mostly with anxiety disorders. That's, that's emotional intelligence, stress reduction, mindfulness, meditation. Well, let's, uh, let's go to mindfulness for a minute because uh, I sent the email out that you probably didn't see it because I did it very close to noontime, but I did get one back. And uh, you can always email me, by the way, during the show. I have the computer open if you have a question because we're in Pledge Drive, so we won't have uh, phone calls today. But you can email me at drnita, all spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R-N-I-T-A at gmail.com. And I will uh, read the question out loud. Michael will answer it if you want to do that. That's We're opening that up uh, for, you know, the next 45 minutes during this particular hour. And But don't sell my email address. Thank you very much. And I wanted to... Uh, mentioned that somebody wrote back and said, I'm not sure what mindfulness means in this context. So that'd be a nice thing for us to talk about for a few minutes. Well, I'm not sure if there are multiple contexts for mindfulness. My understanding is a pretty all-embracing concept of mindfulness. And I like John Kabat-Zinn's definition Frankly, he's written, along with Thich Nhat Hanh and Ellen Langer, uh, or Eileen Langer, I think, and there are some great books out there on mindfulness, but John Kabat-Zinn's are outstanding. And he said, to be aware of the present moment without judgment on purpose 
is mindfulness. Oh, I like that. Say that again. You to can, be you can aware mix those, yeah, you can mix those elements up in any order. So moment. to be aware in the present moment on purpose without judgment. Oh, I like that. That means without analysis, thought, or figuring anything out, right? Like if you watch a sunset, what is there to figure out? <laughs> you have to decide, is that a good sunset or a bad sunset? Oh, gee, I've seen better sunsets. <laughs> uh, if only there was a little more orange over here and pink back there. This but would it's be... going down so quickly. <laughs> Why is it going so quickly? I'm sorry, I disagree. I think that sunset should proceed more quickly. <laughs> and yeah, the mind. See, this is what the mind does. The part of us that is afraid that we talked about earlier that identifies itself as the victim. This is the ego or the egoic nature. It's the part of us that identifies with the separated self, and it's fear-based. But there's more. There's a level of awareness that understands that there is no separation. There's just one of us here. There's one life. There's one ecosystem. There's one environment. There's one love. There's one heart. There's one mind. And yet there is a paradox in that each of us are not only diverse, but unique. We're in a universe that won't even replicate snowflakes, right? So the one and the many is one of the ancient wisdom principles and a grand paradox. How could we be diverse and even unique? We have fingerprint evidence and DNA proof of our uniqueness and yet all part of one thing. And Mendel discovered this when he was working with his peas in genetics and the fruit fly experiments that the right-wingers like to make fun of. We have all this evidence that a strong species of animal or plant, for example, requires a diverse gene pool, that a strong life support system requires diversity of species and diversity of individuals, right? We can see socially the importance of what we used to call integration, right? Or diversity in employment because people bring their cultures and their talents and their gifts and their their perspectives to the workplace and, and to the social environment. And we should be celebrating this. And so one of the primary differences that is often described as politics were Right-wingers generally tend to see differences as fear-based, a threat. You're different. You're other than. You're a Kenyan Muslim socialist commie that we paint Hitler mustaches on, right? You're other than. You're a person of color. You speak a different language, all of this nonsense, as if that's some kind of threat when, in fact, those of us who've had just a little exposure to social science and the humanities understand that those differences enrich us. In Hawaii, the saying is all from the same rainbow. Oh, I like that. And That's beautiful. What else do you need to say? Well, I have a question that came in, and the question is how we're talking about mindfulness, uh, the definition by John Kabat-Zinn, to be aware of the present moment on purpose without judgment. So the question that came in from a listener is, how do you not judge and just observe? You turn, that's a great question. You turn your awareness from your thinking to your feelings. When you practice some form of relaxation, your thoughts quiet. 
they don't demand as much attention. Instead of eight or ten thoughts every second, you might have three or four, and then you get it down to one or two. And mindfulness is the awareness that you are not those thoughts. You are the awareness watching those thoughts as they get slower and slower and slower. And at the same time, through stress reduction, meditation, contemplation, mindfulness practice, the emotional nature calms. So it becomes less disturbing. And like water that becomes calm, now you can see into it. You can understand your feelings when they're calm. So that's really the secret, to quiet the mind, to still the body, to calm the emotions. All of that just accrues naturally as you relax. And then you can take that easily, take that step back and see the big picture. Instead of waiting for the aha and hoping you get this little burst of light, you can promote it. With me is Michael Benner, former KPFK host who's been in Hawaii for about five years, five Five and a half years, years, and has moved back to Los Angeles. And I just got him to be with us today so we could talk about all these different concepts. But since we are in Pledge Drive, I do need to tell you that Michael brought some thank you gifts along today. And I'm going to tell you what they are because I know you want to call and pledge, and we've been talking for about 20 minutes, and I didn't even mention this yet. So what did you bring? Well, I do on the Internet, via the Internet, because that's the only way you can communicate and live in Hawaii, right? I didn't have radio. We're so far away, couldn't do seminars. So we created this Internet presence, and I do a free webinar every Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Pacific time, and that's about 20, 25 minutes. It's available live by phone or Skype, and you can also listen to the stream or subscribe to the podcast. But it's followed by a premium training every week, the same topic, but at 1.30, we go into a 60 to 90-minute intensive online webinar. And you can listen to that live on the web or by telephone or Skype. The replay is available on demand as well and can be downloaded as an MP3. And uh, the tuition for that training varies depending on whether you buy them one at a time or a 13-week quarter or a full year. So I thought we would offer to people who pledge to KPFK and our year-end fund drive here, some of the subscriptions, um, some of the 13-week subscriptions, that's a full quarter of a year, and then I think we have one full year. Yes, we do, and the 13-week or uh, three-month, as it's called, is a $100 pledge, which is $8.33 a month on your Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or Discover card, and if you want the year-long subscription, it's $200, and that's $16.67 for 12 months on your Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or Discover card. And so what we're doing, we're keeping it very simple. And so if you're new to Michael's webinar work online and phone and Skype and all these uh, different technologies, this is called the Ageless Wisdom Premium Training. And It is a weekly 60 to 90-minute personal and spiritual development webinar. And if if this is new to you, that means you open your computer and you go to these links that Michael will provide for you. 
And then have the audio via telephone or via Skype, and there's all these different ways. Or you could get the replay, or you could download it later as an MP3. And every week, the topic reflects the live 20-minute free-forum mystery school webinar that preceded it at 1 o'clock. So anyway, we'll repeat this throughout the rest of the hour, so it's very clear for you. So you are going to pledge for the three-month or the one-year, and you're going to do that by phoning right now at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. It's the excitement of having Michael just in the studio because before five years ago when Michael was living overseas for a while, we would get together, you and I, a few times a year, and we would have these chats, not necessarily during a pledge drive, but sometimes we would just be on each other's shows and chat. So it's uh, sort of a nostalgic thing here going on, and I really would like for you to show your your support to KPFK. And it's the last pledge drive of the year, and I'm not exactly sure when it ends. I think it ends in five or six or seven days. But we know that you want to support KPFK. We know that you want to because KPFK really is the last public radio station around, to my knowledge, that is not taking any corporate underwriting. So it makes us very unique in that regard, but it also makes your pledges even more important. So again, our thank you gifts are the Ageless Wisdom Premium Training, either the 13-week subscription or the one-year subscription, and you can use your Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or Discover card, and it's $8.33 a month for the three-month or $16.67 for the one-year, and these are across 12 months of your pledge. So what do we mean by wisdom principles? Well, this is the ageless wisdom, the perennial philosophy, uh, prisca theologia, it's sometimes called, or esoteric philosophy, or mysticism. It's found standing above all religions. Uh, The shamans of those ancient times, I mean, it's ancient, but also ageless. Uh, This is wisdom of our ancestors from before religion and before the prophets. And yet it does not contradict religion. You know, mm-hmm. what I find in my personal comprehensive study of comparative religion is that it's not that religions contradict each other so much as each represents an incomplete approach to spirituality. So when people say, no, your religion is wrong, mine is right— It's like, well, no, they're both right, but in different ways. Often, we see in science the same thing. We'll get a a new theory that comes in. For example, much of Einstein has been challenged by quantum theory now. And we don't say, well, Einstein's wrong any more than Einstein said Newton was wrong. It's like unfolding, and Newton's laws work real well at sublight speeds, right? So he wasn't wrong. He was incomplete. And then Einstein trumped him. And now (laughs) quantum physics is challenging that. And we're saying, well, Einstein wasn't wrong any more than Newton was wrong, just incomplete. And so the wisdom principles are an attempt to embrace all religion plus transpersonal psychology and the search for 
identity and motive. Who are we and what are we for? Okay. So some of it's ancient, some of it's new, but they are concepts often paradoxical, like the one and the many we were talking about. Uh, One of the basic wisdom principles that I like is called the middle way, and it challenges directly the desire that humans have for absolutes. Humans want things to be clear. It's absolutely true. Clear and unchanging, definite. And I'm sorry, but there is no such thing. (laughs) No, I don't want change. Take change off the table. I want everything just the way it is right now. Thank you. (laughs) In in philosophy, absolute is a word that's usually capitalized and is a reference to the totality of the universe. Or it, it, it equals God, but not as a being, more as a ocean or a consciousness, a totality, the absolute. But in the world of form, everything is relatively true. And this wisdom, especially in Eastern philosophy, is called the middle way or the third way or the mystic's path. Uh, This may resonate with some Christians who remember Christ said, I am the way and the light. What does it mean, the way? It means the middle way is not just a 50-yard line. It's everything between the end zones. It's the whole playing field. And to say something is relatively true, it may be 99-1. It may be 60-40 or 30-70 or 70-30 or 51-49. When does fast become slow? (laughs) When does cold become hot? When does big become small? And is there really such a thing as jumbo shrimp? These are (laughs) relative concepts, and to be wise, you have to you have to loosen up and understand the relative nature of truth. Which is, well, that may be true for you, and I honor and respect that. Can I share with you my version of that truth? Because it may be a little bit different, and just because they're different doesn't mean one of us is right and one of us is wrong. So that's an example of a wisdom principle. There are many others. I liked uh, when you were saying um, something about religion and spirituality. I don't really put religion and spirituality in the same sentence except to say that they're two very different concepts in my mind. And spiritual traditions sometimes have uh, something to do with some religious traditions, but that in my mind is not necessarily created by design because in uh, religious tradition or in religions, I've noticed an exclusivity, a we're better than them kind of attitude. Whereas in spiritual traditions, I was looking into Buddhism when I was 10, by the way. I don't know how I stumbled upon that, but I was definitely noticing a huge difference between Buddhism and the religions that we knew growing up, such as Catholicism, Judaism, Protestantism, etc., And uh, Buddhism seemed to be talking about some concepts that really were very relevant to me in my life, something that I could apply, as opposed to something historical that I should just believe in and have some rituals that I didn't connect with, that I thought, I don't understand why would I be doing that when I could be doing something useful in my life that is more along the lines of what I'm learning out of the Eastern traditions 
It just made more sense to me. Well, Buddhism is more a philosophy than a religion, though some people practice it as a religion. It's um, uh, to me, Buddhism is psychotherapy. It's ancient. It's it, it's what you do for a living. It's it's much of what I do, though I'm not a psychotherapist. I have worked as a meditation teacher and a hypnotherapist in primarily anxiety disorders. I've limited my scope to that, emotional intelligence, mindfulness, stress reduction. Religion tends to be about worship and fellowship, where spirituality is more about developing your awareness and your consciousness and the the bigger picture of how you fit in. It does tend to be more inclusive, as you say, whereas some approaches to religion, the more conservative or orthodox, tend to be more exclusive. That's really our issue. What pits Christianity against Islam, against Judaism, against Eastern philosophy is not the mystical aspect of those religions, but the right-wing, orthodox, fundamentalist more literal and absolutist, there you go again, the desire for absolutes. We're absolutely right. Therefore, if you're different in any way, you must be absolutely wrong, you pagans, you heathens, you blasphemers. And so, I mean, you even have until recently Irish Catholics and Irish Protestants killing each other over whose take on Jesus is better. I will kill you if you don't love Jesus the way I love Jesus. Uh, much less the problems in the Middle East and around the world. And so, you know, I think you make a good point about the exclusive nature of religion, but it, it's, it's human beings, really, th- at the root of this. You know, when I look at 9-11, for example, and bear with me, this is not really a tangent. It may seem to be, there's a lot of debate about who did 9-11. And I'm interested in that. I'm curious about that. I have some big questions about 9-11. But at the end of the day, Nita, I know human beings did that. And what their skin color was, what language they spoke, what religion they practiced at the end of the day, uh, if any, their their background, their, their socioeconomic. I'm not sure that any of that stuff really matters if we can get our heads and our hearts around the idea that there are human beings among us who are capable of doing such a horrible thing. And you can see it on the daily police blotter. You can see it the way people abuse people that they love the most, uh, the way they abuse their children. We have huge statistics. We have a huge database on all that. This is the ultimate dilemma. This is. This is. How can we fundamentally have a more loving and peaceful and serene planet? Really, that's really what it brings us back to. And I think how that's can you... why. Let me let me just say one thing. I I have seen the statistics in just the last few years go from twenty five percent to thirty five percent. Now forty percent of American adults describe themselves as spiritual but not religious, and that's because religion has been too crystallized, too dogmatic, too fixed and rigid. And people want to break out of that. They want a personal experience. That's what mysticism is. That's what the ageless wisdom is. 
It's this completely personal experience of you and the universe. And we want to know about your personal experience because in some ways it's like mine, but in some ways because we're incomparable and unique, not just diverse, but unique, why wouldn't I want to know about your experience of life and uh, your take on things? So let's celebrate that together and honor diversity rather than be frightened of it. So speaking of diversity and knowing each other and knowing ourselves, boy, do we have thank you gifts for you today. Oh, yes. Michael Benner has brought us the Ageless Wisdom Premium Training, and we have been talking about some of the concepts that you will learn. And stress reduction, mindfulness, emotional intelligence, wisdom principles – here it is. For a mere $8.33 a month, you can start yourself out on the 13-week Ageless Wisdom Premium Training. This is a subscription, and you can get it by calling your pledge into KPFK at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. If you'd like to jump in and subscribe for a year, then that's a mere $16.67 a month, pledging on your Visa American Express Discover card or Master Charge, any of those credit cards we take. And you will really learn a little technology here because you can have this as a webinar. It can be streamed live or by replay. You can download it as an MP3. And if you don't know any of these terms, well, just listen on your phone. (laughs) or Skype. And if you don't know this stuff, I bet someone in Michael's office is going to help you for a few minutes so that you can figure out how you most comfortably want to take your subscription. So Michael will get your information. He will contact you via email, and then you will be able to dialogue with Michael or Michael's office to find out about other things going on that we've been touching on. So these are the two things, the 13-week Ageless Wisdom Premium Training, or the one-year Ageless Wisdom Premium Training. And the first one for 13 weeks is a $100 pledge. That's $8.33 a month for 12 months. And the second one is a $200 pledge, $16.67 a month for 12 months. 818-985-5735. You know, Michael, I've started this tradition, I don't know how many years ago, maybe eight years ago, that um, during Pledge Drive, I bring in um, staff producer Christine Blasdale, and I just cannot resist bringing her in. Hi, Christine. Hello, Dr. Nita. Hello, Michael. Hello, Christine. So uh, so this is kind of like a cool moment because uh, Michael's been on vacation for five years <laughs> <laughs> in Hawaii, and we're all together again, and I think we did this once before. And I want to convey to our listeners that you don't know, uh, well, maybe you do know what a treat it is to have Michael here. He's been sort of, uh, we, we, he, we've lost him, we lost him for a while to the island of Maui, but now he's here. He's here at KPFK. He's He's here for you. And folks, when you pledge at the $100 level or the $200 level today, you can also know this is such a great opportunity because 100% of that money is going right to KPFK. Michael is generously donating his wisdom, his ageless wisdom, to you, the KPFK listeners, to help you in so many different realms. Abundance. You know, let's start 2013. Let's get rid of 2012. Forget about the old paradigm of not having enough, of barely getting by, of having a job that you, you know, working at a job that you hate. Let's stop that paradigm and let us go into the world 
world of abundance. And Michael is um, donating these to us. So every single penny that you pledge, either at the $100 level or the $200 level, goes right into KPFK. That's like going right into our, our phone bill, going right into our electric bill, so that we can continue to bring you the voices that Dr. Nita brings you every single week for years and years and years, and the wonderful voice of Michael Benner, who has a radio voice of a god. I mean, yeah, you know, if I could if I could have that voice, I would, well, I would, it would be weird because I'm a girl having that voice. But you know what I'm talking about. So please pick up the phone. Every penny goes right to KPFK, and it's a tax-deductible contribution. This is your last few days so that you can actually make a tax write-off. This is a nonprofit radio station. So where else can you get information that's going to benefit you, that's going to help you go towards a, a world of more abundance in your life, and you can write it off? It's a great deal. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Go to the phones right now, 818-985-5735. And as you go about your day, I ask you to remember the words of Gandhi who said, be the change you want to see in the world. I'm Nita Valens. Thanks for listening. 